What's good? This is Elton Anderson Jr. And I'm so happy to have you guys back on the Plan B podcast. Today's episode is very, very special for so many reasons, which you'll understand shortly. But uh, number one, it's with a really good friend, a really good friend that also happens to be a Pisces. And, you know, on this Plan B podcast, we love the Pisces energy because, you know, we're not even going to talk about us being the best because it's not a competition, but we will You'll see the conversations that two Pisces can have when we get together. But without further ado, I want to let you guys meet my good friend, Justin Michael Williams, through our conversation. If you haven't already met him before, you'll learn to love him just as much as I do. So without further ado, Justin, what's up, brother? What's up? I'm out here in the woods, as you can see. Yes, <laughs> and I'm super excited to be here. You've been living in the woods for what, two, three months? I've been in and out the woods, you know, consistently. <laughs> I've, been, I've been about that life for a little bit now. I see that. You've been about so many things in life, man. And I want to give you guys a little bit more background on Justin. Um, Justin is a a dynamic leader in the meditation and just spiritual world. And well, how would you define yourself? Or how would you, how would you define what you do? Because I know we don't talk about titles. <laughs> yes, you knew, you knew. I don't like to define as a noun because there's so many nouns that I use. I'm a writer and whatever, speaker, teacher, singer, whatever. But what I really like to do is through all mediums, you know, break through the bullshit that people and the conditioning that people have in their lives so they can finally step into the life of their dreams. And we do that in a, you know, a lot of different ways. For some people, it's music. For some people, it's art for some people, it's writing. There's lots of gateways in, you know, and that's one tip that I always tell people, like one of the biggest issues, especially for millennials that we have is people like, what do you do? And every time you say I'm a this or I'm a that, you already know you're cutting something out. So mm. quit doing that, right? We define ourselves as a verb and not a noun. How did you step into the life of your dreams? Like, cause do you feel like you're living your dream life now? Yeah. Every, and it's, you know, what's crazy is like the dream keeps evolving. Right. So like, there's this balance of like, whoa, I'm actually in the fucking dream right now. And <laughs> now I got a new dream. You know what I mean? So like keep stepping into it. But for me, you know, I'll tell people like I grew up in the hood and most people think just based on the way I talk and whatever that I like grew up with some privilege, but l like literally, literally Elton, I grew up in a house with gunshot holes on the outside of it. Oh, and so on the, Go ahead. You're a little bit of a thug. I was, you know, <laughs> I would like them. I'm just kidding. But I was, that was me. That was this life. I used to get bullied and stuff. So I was a little afraid. And, um, but like literal, I was on the street that like the police didn't even want to drive down in our wow. city. Like that's the street that I grew up on. And, you know, when you grow up with any kind of trauma at all, you have conditioning. Like there creates, you have to create some adaptation to that. And so my adaptation is one that I think a lot of people will relate to. It was what I call becoming a chronic overachiever. Yes. Anybody? Yes. Hands Hello. up. Mm -hmm. Hello. So it's like <laughs> chronic overachiever, which says, you know, if I just do enough, accomplish enough, achieve enough, then I'll finally be enough. You yeah. know, so we get in this rut of just achieving, doing, accomplishing, achieving, doing, accomplishing. So I achieved all the things, literally, like I was that kid. I was drumline captain, class president, I valedictorian, full ride academic scholarship to go to UCLA, wow. started a marketing company at 20 years old, was making six figures, driving a BMW, living in Venice Beach at 21, like five employees, an office in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. Like I was like living the dream, right? Living yep. the dream. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then this moment, and I know you know about this, Elton. You already you know. know. When, we're living, when, we're living, when we're living someone else's dream or the dream that we thought we were supposed to live. And this moment happened when in my early 20s and my grandmother, who I was super, super close to, sir, and the doctors told her she only had a couple months to live. And when this happened, it was a huge fucking shock to our whole family. She was 67, which I consider young. That's young. Yeah. My, my dad is 74. <laughs> see, like, oh, it makes me mad, you know, and like seemingly healthy and active and the, the center glue of the family. And so when I got the news, I jumped on an airplane and went back to Pittsburgh, California, where I'm from, East Bay. And I walked in the door and my grandma literally asked me a question. It was the it was the change moment. And she looked at me as I walked in the door and she said, I've been wanting to talk to you about something for a long time. And now that I know I don't have a lot of time left, we're going to talk about this now. And she sat me in. Uh, the reason I knew it was going to be real is because she sat me in the special living room, the one with all the plastic on it. Oh, yeah. Where we didn't ever go in. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, like, that's the yeah, that's the one that nobody's ever supposed to go into. <laughs> nobody was supposed to go in that room. So we sat in that room and I was like, OK. If you were in my shoes and you knew you were going to die in two months, what would you do? And I'm looking at her like, what? Like, I'm just thinking like, Why would you what are you talking grandma? about? Right. Are you asking me this? Like, <laughs> I'm not dying. I mean, I guess we're all dying, but hopefully I'm dying slower, you know, like than you. And she just actually what she said in her real words was, listen, I need you to get quiet, get still, do that meditation thing you're always talking about. And don't you dare open your lips until you're ready to tell me the truth. She was so serious about it. I literally had just. And so I closed my eyes and I like felt this well of emotions come running up inside of me. And I just blurted out like it just came bursting out of me. I said, I would quit everything. Mm. I would let all of this go. I would let the office go. I would let the team go. I would let everything go. And I would stop hiding my truth. And I would step out in front and start speaking and teaching and singing. It was mm. right there. Like, mm. and she was like, she looks at me and she goes, I know. Mm. She was like, baby, I know. And the thing is, I had always wanted to sing and be in the front and like, not, it's not about being in the front and being on stage, but like use my voice. But I was like this marketing dude, like behind the computer, like elevating everyone else's voice. And, and I, the reason I didn't do it is I never thought I was good enough. I let all the kids at school who tease me about being gay, about being different, make me think I sucked at everything. I let growing up in the hood you know, dictate what I thought was possible for someone like me. So instead of going after my real dream, I needed to go after something practical and of realistic, yep. chasing the money. And so this moment with my grandmother woke this thing up in me. And now 11 years later, I've been, you know, working for myself, speaking, teaching and singing full time uh, for the last 11 years and put out my first book and an album that charted in the top 20 of iTunes. And yes, it's been come on. just like a massive dream, you know, we're going to keep pushing it. It's your life, Justin. First of all, you know, I just want to send love and blessings to the relationship between you and your grandmother. I love, yeah. I, I, I know how deeply that runs and um, that's such a beautiful gift amongst the many that I'm sure she's left you was the opportunity to really see what you want to achieve and just give it. It's, it's almost like she was telling you to give yourself permission to be who you are now. And I think that, that is what is, it was. Yeah. I think that is the most beautiful thing ever. And, um, 
that so you would say that conversation shifted your whole existence <laughs> everything bro like that's one of those moments where like life before that moment and life mm. after that moment were never the same and it was because of this quote like i had read this quote before but i never felt it until my grandma which in my family we call her baka but in my family <laughs> we like in my life i had never really you know when you i hear something and you hear it but then uh-huh. later you hear it again and it like it hits you Indeed. so i'm gonna warn y'all if you haven't heard this quote before clutch your pearls and your crystals <laughs> Because this is a this is a big one. So the quote is, someone once told me the definition of hell. And it's that on the last day you have on this earth, the person you became will get to meet the person you could have become. On the last day you have on this earth, the person you became will get to meet the person you could have become. Right? That's that's hitting me right where I don't need to be hit right now. I'm like, this <laughs> uh, <laughs> where we all of us need to be hit, but don't want to be hit. You know, but, but yeah, but like Justin, so the because I'm in this transitional period. Um, I'm yeah. speaking to the people, and that's why I changed the name of the podcast to the Plan B Podcast because Detroit Chopra. I love the name, I love the title, but it was so focused on a persona I could hide behind. Yeah. And what we're doing now is to your point to that amazing quote is I want to meet the person that I'm becoming now. I want to, and I know for people that are listening, you know, close your eyes and ask yourself that same question that Justin's grandmother asked him, you know, ask yourself that same question, put yourself in that same position because there's such a huge shift and awakening happening, Justin. I Man. see everybody popping out talking about everything from crystals. People are going to therapy, like grown whole ass men, <laughs> black men, you know, who's been a, a problem for. But you see people going to therapy. You see people going down the um, the more spiritual route or the esoteric route uh, going down. I'm starting. I'm currently learning about human design. It's been calling yes. me. Uh, and we'll talk more about that later, but I love to see what's happening. You've been in this game for about 11, 12 years. How does it look for you for where this space is going and how the space oh. is evolving? Like what, what, what are you going through? Cause I know you're like about time. <laughs> oh man. It's like, it is amazing. And the reason why I say that is like, I remember like no joke, mm-hmm. like when I started meditating and crystals and all this kind of stuff, I remember my grandma and my mom they had tried to have an intervention because they thought I joined a cult, right? Like I took my first meditation class before iPhones even existed, right? And so like- Now it's Calm apps and, and yeah, Headspace it, apps and, well, go ahead. <laughs> there was no app. Oprah done, didn't do no meditation challenge. Deepak Chopra didn't do no med- Like there, there was none of this, right? And so I, what I feel, the real honest truth is I feel really lucky. Yes. I feel really lucky that I was in the right place at the right time in the position at 18 years old at that point, I'm 33 now for people who are wondering, to get in a position where I was able to learn about this practice just early. Yes. Because when I was first learning in Venice and Santa Monica and in New York and whatever, I was literally the only black person 
anyway, period, period. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was teaching at Wonderlust and yoga journal conference. And I remember I was teaching at the conference. There were 2000 people at this conference. I was the only black person at the whole conference of 2000 people. Wow. And, and so what makes me so happy is I remember when I was first getting into this and trying to talk to people about it, people be Mm -hmm. looking at me, especially my brothers, like our, our family, you know what I mean? would be looking at me like this nigga is crazy with this woo woo shit, you know? And now all people are waking up and it's happening. People are wake. Now, did you feel now? Okay. So if people, if you thought people thought you were crazy, did you feel crazy? No. And let me tell you why. Okay. And this is what I, I think feel crazy. Realizing. <laughs> well, I don't feel crazy. Like I feel I powerful. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because of this, right? All of these practices, this is what I need people to know. And this is a fact. Yes. All of these practices from crystals to tarot cards, to astrology, to all this stuff, to the things that even create human design, all of them come from indigenous people and people of color all yes. over this planet. Yes. That and what has happened over the course of history is these practices have gotten demonized, colonized, corporatized, and then sold back to us in a way that we feel like, ooh, that shit ain't for us. But this is us. This is what we've had for history. And so when we come back, people recognize instantly that they're coming back to their ancestry and their greatest form of power. So I don't feel crazy. I would feel weird sometimes, but more than anything, I feel powerful. That is that is beautiful because I think I was somebody who was so knee deep into uh, you can call it the 3D world. You can call it you know, capitalism or whatever. I was so knee deep into it that yeah. everything outside of it looked insane to me. And yeah. so even when we first met, funny story, when me and Justin first met, um, I think what, 2018? 2018. Yeah, 2018. 2018. Yeah. I didn't know how to take it because I didn't, I, I had no connection to, to my spiritual self, at least not yeah. consciously. I was always yeah. manifesting, if that's what you want to call it. I was always kind of in the zone of law of attraction. Um, but I remember I was supposed to do a project with Justin, a, a podcast, funny enough, <laughs> or an interview, rather, funny enough. And I, it was, I was resistant. And I, don't, I'm, I think I told you this a little bit, but I was just resistant to anything that was... This is me being honest. Yeah. That reflected the best part of me. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Cause I was like, you're beating around the bush. You totally sabotaged it and canceled because yes. you were not ready to have that reflected back at you. I couldn't you know? be, because you, you saw some light in me. You saw some things and the positive things I was doing. And a lot of times I go beyond imposter syndrome. I, I was going to actually self-sabotage and I would, you, you weren't the only one, Justin, (laughs) you know, I did that throughout my whole life. And, you know, now it's, it's for me, it's been two years of unlearning unlearning those things, those, those negative self-sabotaging, those, those doubts, those limitations. I had to unlearn limitations that I placed on myself to realize like, okay, I can talk about the quote unquote woo woo esoteric stuff. And Talk about it from a place of not even, not even belief from a place yeah. of knowing because yeah. the shit that happened to me over these last two years is nobody yeah. can tell me that 
none of these things are not real and certified and approved. <laughs> yeah. And it works. And that's like, and that's what really got me. So like, I had already been, I had just been a couple of years into meditating and doing these kind of things. And then this moment happened with my grandma. And I tell people, the reason people ask me all the time, like, why do I teach meditation? Why do I teach spiritual practices when I could just be singing and doing whatever? And the mm. reason why I teach that even as an artist is because I literally would not have ever been able to actually step through the imposter syndrome, through the fear, through the sabotage, through the shadow, through the conditioning to become who I was really meant to be if it wasn't for these practices helping me come back home to myself. Mm. So let's talk. That's what this is. Go ahead. Ooh, I, I love I love that you just said come back home to yourself. I was going to dip into the, the speaking of home. Um, but let's for a second, let's just dig a little bit deeper into meditation and what what it means for you and how somebody who's listening to this, what is what what would you want somebody who's listening to this to know about meditation and like something that could help unlock yeah whatever block that person has so let me get you on like the the biggest piece of propaganda about meditation that stops people from meditating and it's a really simple one most people think that meditation is supposed to make you relax mm. that meditation is about relaxing reducing stress checking out, stopping your mind, zoning the mind. That's bullshit. That's not what meditation is actually about. That's like the proper, if the biggest priority on your list in your life is to relax, <laughs> listen, we got other things that we want to step into. Meditation is not about relaxing. Meditation is about becoming more alive, Ooh. becoming more alive. That's what meditation is a practice for. It's a practice of aliveness, not a practice of mm -hmm. disconnecting. And so what we want when we meditate, people say like, oh, I try to get my, I can't meditate because I can't get my mind to stop thinking. I can't get my thoughts to slow down. We don't actually, that's what we've been taught to think about meditation. You don't need to get your mind to stop thinking and your thoughts to slow down. What we really want is our thoughts to work for us instead of against us. That's what we really want, mm. not to get them to stop. Yeah. If your yeah. thoughts stop, you couldn't learn, grow, evolve, reflect. We want to get our thoughts to work in our favor. And so I want to say one thing else and that I know you're going to appreciate about this and it's about emotions because when I say meditation makes you become more alive, what people think that I'm saying, which people first hear is become more joyful, become more positive, become more uplifting, become more happy. And while that's partially true, what become more alive means is you could feel the joy and the pain and the grief. Yes. You could feel the elation and the happiness and also the sorrow and the sadness and the loneliness and the loss because all of those emotions are part of being alive. And so what we learn how to do in meditation is not demonize these emotions. We learn to paint with each color of the emotional wheel on the canvas of our lives. And when we can paint on the canvas of our lives, we can create a more full picture of who it is that we really are. Does that make sense? It makes the most beautiful sense because we're such, we're, our lives, our experiences are such a tapestry of, of these emotions. Because yeah. if that, that, that's why we came in my, in my mind, that's why we came to experience this human life because we have an, we have an infinity, we have an eternity to be, spiritual beings that we are yeah we come down here to experience the emotions we want to we want to take those broad strokes through life 
But yeah. speaking and 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 you know what? It's so funny that you brought up emotions because Justin, I think you are the most emotionally intelligent human being I've <laughs> ever met in my life. And I met a lot a, of work. I met a there. yeah, I met a lot of people, but you just have this sense of of you just you just provide you just create space for everybody that I've seen. And when you were in when you came and visited me in Bali, we're going to talk about that too, but yeah, Justin came through and visited me in Bali and we we barely knew each other at that time. We knew I mean, we had a communication and we followed each other on social media, but we didn't like we wouldn't we didn't have a friendship. Yeah. And it wasn't until Bali happened, you stayed you were out there a month. Yeah. And it turned into like a brotherhood it turned into a kinship it just turned into like a connection that i absolutely love and i want to talk about this emotional intelligence because a lot of people don't may myself included may need some more understanding of what emotional intelligence is because yeah. you know we go to school to learn accounting or algebra or or english but where can i learn how to handle and deal with my emotions. Yeah. So this is a big one. And I'm going to start by saying this quote that I'm working on in my next book. And it's very simple. It's this, it's what you don't feel you can't heal and what doesn't heal repeats. Mm, yeah. so that what you don't feel you can't heal and what doesn't heal repeats. And this is individual in your own life and your relationships and your family, your kids, whatever to collective down generations. Right. Yeah. And so we have to learn one of the first big steps in learning how to really claim and honor our emotions has to do with us having the language to actually describe how we feel. Language is super important. And this is not going to be like sciencey and crazy. Like if you're listening to this or watching this, you can look up on your phone right now, something called the feelings wheel. Just type it in on Google, type feelings wheel up on Google. You're going to see this big kind of rainbow color wheel pop up. And this wheel has six primary emotions in the center, sad, mad, joyful, powerful, all these different things, then all these other emotions on the outside. And the reason why I'm telling you this to look this up is it's, it's an incredible tool. And it was the first thing that I used to get in touch with my emotions. Okay. Now, let me give you a little story really quick. That's kind of funny. So I went to couples therapy for the first time when I was 22 with my ex. It was my first time going to couples therapy. Ooh. I've been in personal therapy. I was 22. We had been having some issue and we went to a couple's therapy thing. He was a little older than me, not that much older. I mean, he was like 27, you know, I was 22. And um, we go to therapy and this therapist says to me, and I was hot, right? Like I was like mad, like we were like <laughs> in one of those moments where I like, couldn't talk. And she said, Justin, I need to know how you feel. And I said, well, I feel like every single time I have something to say, he thinks he knows everything. Mm -hmm. And she looks at me and she goes, okay, but how do you feel? You know, she goes, okay, but how do you feel? And I said, well, I'm thinking, did she not hear me? I said, I feel like every time I talk, <laughs> he always, da -da 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 -da, you know? And she looks at me and she did that thing that therapists do when they, they're trying to be blunt with you, but they're trying to be nice and kind at the same time. And she gives me those eyes and she pauses. And she said, Justin, I still don't know how you feel. And I said, well, now I just feel like you're taking sides, you know? And I was like, so irritated. And th that was when I learned my biggest lesson on feelings. Because I think what I said to her is I said, now I'm mad. 
And she said, bingo, now we have a feeling. Mm. And this is the biggest mistake people make, okay? Any time you start your sentence with, I feel like, like. Yep. if the word like comes after feel, mm -hmm. you're going down the wrong road, mm. okay? Mm -hmm. That's the cue. That's the red <laughs> flag that says, stop, don't go this way. <laughs> because, because what happens- What is, is happening there? Like, What's happening so, yeah. when you put that word like in there? So what happens is, what most people do when they're trying to say how they feel is instead of saying how they feel, they talk about a narrative or a story. And we know what stories do. Stories just get us caught up in a whole bunch of bullshit, right? So we go to the story because we're trying to avoid what we really feel. So like, I feel like he always does this. I feel like they should have said this. I feel it's all judgments, value. Projections. Projections, stories. You're never going to get to the bottom of anything with a fucking story. You got to go to what's underneath it. And so we avoid feeling what we really feel by projecting the story out. So if you go underneath the story and you really go to an emotion and you look at the feelings wheel that I told you, you could be like, I feel angry. I feel scared. I feel, which is what I was really feeling with my partner, but I didn't want to name it. Like I was feeling scared that we were going to lose our relationship. I was feeling um, unworthy because I wasn't being listened to. When you go to that, now we have something that we can work with because yes. there's vulnerability there. And, but that takes that. That's so important. You said that because it takes so much knowledge and awareness to even have the language, like you said, to say that because we are used to projecting and, and and telling these stories how did you how did you go on the journey to get out of that story and get out of these stories yeah i'll tell you so i'll, I'll be totally honest with you elton i don't buy into this story with anybody that doing this work or transforming is hard transformation is not hard it's actually very simple we make it complicated so that we don't have to do the transforming yeah 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 you we, make it we really make complicated. You gotta read another book, do another not. this, do another that, listen another this, instead of just doing the transforming. And so what I tell people with this emotions is very, it's actually the simplest thing. I had the feelings wheel, literally when I was 21, on my phone. I'm looking at it now. Feelings <laughs> wheel on my phone. And anytime I was feeling triggered, I would literally, before I opened my mouth to say anything, I would go to the wheel, open it up in my images on my phone and go to the wheel and ask myself, can I name what I'm feeling? Mm. And if you can look, and you normally can, if you look at the wheel, you can even do it right now for people who are listening. What are you feeling right now? Yes. Right? Mm. What are you feeling, Elton? It's hopefully a positive thing. Oh, I'm, I'm you got? so I'm happy. So I'm starting on the, do I start in the middle or do I start on the outside? Of the Anywhere. Wheel? Okay. Anywhere. So, mm -hmm. so right now I'm completely happy. Yeah. Uh, and then if I go to the second level, I would say that I... Mm, I feel trusting, optimistic, and interested. I'm See? hanging on every word that you're saying. And then if we go super outside, and of course they're doing lawnmower service right outside of my window. Can you hear that? I know. This is not the way. And I'm the one in the woods. Okay. Can you, can you, you hear it? <laughs> can you hear it? Just a little bit. It is yeah. like they're at my window <laughs> doing it. Um, it's not as loud as you might think. And then the number one word that's on the outside of the wheel that I feel and I've been feeling a long time is free. 
I feel that. so much freedom in this journey of peeling back the layers, peeling back all these things. Are I just feel like raw. You know, like the piece of before you cook that little piece of chicken breast, it's just raw on the table. You got I. I don't have, I didn't add any seasonings. I didn't put any, I didn't marinate it. I just feel like a raw piece of chicken breast. You can make me whatever you want. And Hello. that's the stage, that's the stage I feel like I'm in right now. But it's all, that's it's beautiful. all uncovered. It's all surrounded by happiness. That's amazing. A blank canvas. And so, but did you see how powerful it was to just be able to go to that language? Interested, mm-hmm. you know, engaged, like all the happy, those words that you said. And so what most of us do when we're in a, having a, in a weird day, right? Let's say you wake up and you're feeling weird. Something happens, you're feeling weird. And what most of us say, because we don't have the language, the language is the key, mm-hmm. is oh, I'm feeling a little off. I'm just tired. <laughs> and so we think that we're just tired because we don't have the words to describe what we're feeling. And so then what do we do to try to fix ourselves? Well, you go take a nap because what you think you are is tired. Yeah. But then if you look at the wheel, you will see, oh, I'm actually not tired. I'm lonely. Ooh. I'm apathetic. I'm this. So now, because you have the language, you can access the healing for what's actually happening versus just trying to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so you can't take the right action until you know what it is, until you have the awareness around what it is you're actually feeling. So that's just what you don't feel, you can't heal. And what doesn't heal, repeat. So if you can't name what you're feeling, then you don't even know what's happening inside. So you're able to put this, this, new, this level of emotional intelligence into everything that you do into your books, into your music, into your meditation, and upcoming into a retreat. Uh, are we going to tell them about it now? That Yeah, this is like a mid-commercial break. We're about 30 minutes in, so we're going to give them a little commercial break. But um, I'm super excited because Justin, who is the king of leading people through their transformation journeys. You know, I'm really going to give you that flower, Justin. You help so many transform, so many people transform even in your short time in Bali, the people that I introduced you to are like, I oh need God, Justin I in my life. And, and they love you back. And I just want to just, you know, give a quick little mid episode uh, shout out to what kind of things people can be expecting at the retreat. Because me and Justin are officially starting the Just Be Retreat. If you don't in get Bali. in Bali, that's where it is. And this is. Justin's 100th retreat and this is my, my <laughs> first <laughs> so what 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 type of intention or transformation are you looking to put into the retreat well here's the deal okay so I want to tell people just very clearly we're so excited because this is one of the first places that we're announcing it Elsa and I are hosting a retreat in Bali from March 13th to 20th 2022 and we intentionally are at like one of the freaking if you saw our instagram post like one of the most amazing beautiful spots in bali and if you're already excited we'll tell you how to look at the info about that in a moment but i think what i'm really excited about elton is like you know first of all i would not have come to bali when i came if it wasn't for you Uh, and coming and you were like my bali like guide you know (laughs) like you walked me through that whole place and introduced me to people, how many things, and I left there completely changed. So I know that you you are giving me my flowers as a transformational person, but I just, 
hope you can feel that I'm reflecting that back to you because I left Bali changed because of you, you know? And so that's why I feel really excited for us to join together and give people this experience on the seven days. And so ultimately you can, people can look on the website about all the things, but I just want to tell people this, we're calling this retreat the just be retreat, which is real cute. It's cute. Because it's, <laughs> you can tell them Elton about the wordplay, tell them the wordplay. Yeah, on just be. because if you look at it, it's so this plan B podcast, the B stands also for by Elton and Justin, his name is Justin, but we call him just for short. So it's called the just just be uh, retreat, podcast. retreat, just be retreat where it's the, it's pretty much Justin by Elton. So it's 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 so perfect. Yeah, and cute. I love that. I'm angry. And it's also it's amazing. I remember when. OK. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and I, I think it's also, it's also a message just in the title itself. It's like just be. Yeah. Don't try. Don't, don't search outside of yourself. Just be, and it's like just be present. Just be interested. Just be free. Just be you, and just be free. And so, yes, just that's where you. the name play is really fun. But all Bali's gonna be magical obviously and it's going to be beautiful and we're in the best place and you're going to get to experience all of bali so we'll just say that that right you're going to have a massage it's included all that yes. kind of stuff the best part of what's going to happen for the transformation though for the people who are coming is we're using this just be to help you come home to who it is you really are yes. to find the unique essence of who it is you really are and so every single person who comes is going to have a human design reading is yes. going to have their astrology read, is going to do deep shadow work, is going to learn about these. Each day we're going to do something different that's going to help you discover the hidden treasures, the real treasure of who it is that you really are. And I think that's the thing that Elton and I, when, when I look at like our alignment, right, about what we so gratefully, and it's not, and we know it's not easy, which is why we're guiding, we're trying to guide people through this. Like, we have been those crazy ass motherfuckers who've quit their whole life and gone out and done the thing, you know? Yeah. And so we want to walk people through the process of, it's not necessarily leaving your whole life because we know people got kids and responsibilities, yeah. but it's about becoming who you really are. Yes. And so for anybody who wants to look at joining us, if, if there are even any spots left while you're listening, because we made this small, there's only 50 rooms, <laughs> yeah, 50 <laughs> spots. And, um, you can go to justbebali.com, yes. justbebali.com and sign up and come join us in Bali next year. Yes. And we'll talk more. And I'll say this too. I lived in uh, Bali for over a year. And when I went to the place where we're hosting a retreat, the Soul Shine um, property, it's, it's easily probably like one of my top two favorite places in Bali. And I'm not just saying this because we're hosting the retreat there. It's because it has an energy. It has a, a welcoming. It just has a beauty that I absolutely love. And that water slide, the food, oh. the the people, the staff, every the the landscaping, everything is perfect. So people are gonna have such a magical experience. Anyway, I'm be, excited about that. I'm very yeah. excited about that. I'm excited people will be joining us there. Yes. Yeah, so enough about that. But we'll, we'll enough about the retreat. yeah enough about the retreat. But I do want to talk about home because we we talk about finding home within ourselves we we talk about it a lot and you've been traveling young man you've been i mean i know we're in the middle of a panini 
But you've been <laughs> moving around. Uh, I, too, have been moving around. So, Justin, you've been doing, like, what have you been doing, like, a month in a, in a different city? <laughs> Or a month in a different uh, country. So it's been it's been some year? one month, some three months, some it depends. But like, like, so what happened to me that was really crazy is January 2020. So just before the panini, right? <laughs> I, as you call it, I uh, moved out of my apartment that I was living in in LA, mm-hmm. and I moved everything into storage to go on what was supposed to be an eight month book tour. Like literally I was gonna be on the road. My Mm -hmm. publisher was paying for everything. I was gonna be gone for eight months. So anybody who lives in LA knows if you're gonna be gone for eight months, you don't need to be paying rent for eight months with nobody in the house. (laughs) And they didn't allow Airbnb or anything like that in in my building. And so basically what happened was I leave to go on the tour. I move out of my place and then the panini. And you know, like the whole thing. So everything got canceled and they're like shelter in place. And I was like, what place? Like, like <laughs> what place? You know, all the hotels were closing. Like, it was so crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I ended up at a friend's house. And at first we thought we were going to only be shutting down for two weeks. So I was like, I could stay here for two weeks. And then that turned into the whole forever. Yeah. And basically what happened to me was this moment. It was a transition, Elton. And you really helped me see this when I was looking mm-hmm. at you on Instagram. Like, I had been... St- stable and secure and had this beautiful house apartment, you know, it was like a townhouse and all my stuff. And I remember sitting at my friend's place for like the first four months in her little 300 square foot studio. And I remember thinking, all I have is a suitcase. And I remember I was like, so kind of angry, like all I have is a suitcase. And then all of a sudden I had this transition in my mind happen where I went, all I have is a suitcase. Mm. Like, Same words, same thing, Mm -hmm. but a different perspective to come from. And I was like, wait a second. If this pandemic is going to keep going, why am I sitting here in L.A.? All I have is a suitcase. (laughs) So I went to Mexico for three months. I went to Asheville, North Carolina for months. I went to Big Sur for six months. And then I went to Bali. You know, I went to the Bay Area to be with family for a little bit. And it really has been this moment. I'm still nomadic, which I still can't believe. Um, that is totally freeing. And I loved Bali so much, which is why I'm so excited to bring people there that I'm literally about to go back like yeah, yeah, yeah. already. <laughs> and, you know, so anyway, that's what the nomadic life has been. And I'll tell you when you said about coming home, Elton, you know, it's been interesting because even though I haven't had a physical home technically for almost two years, I've never felt more home within myself mm. than I do now. Mm. What got you there? It was because we, re- when we have all the physical, tangible things, we rely sometimes on those external things to give us that feeling of who we are. And when all that shit was gone, I had to really ground in to a whole different level of what it meant to be home in myself. When I was traveling and in different places and in my friend's studio and all over, it became this thing of like, what practices and what things that I have to do to really be home in myself. And it was hard at first. Like I was like everybody, I was feeling stressed and depressed. My whole shit got canceled. My whole tour got canceled. Like, and then I realized none of those things define me. None of those things, the tour, the book, the home, the things, it really is truly coming home to myself. So right now I'm like, as long as I got my laptop and Wi-Fi <laughs> somewhere, I'm good. And sometimes I don't even need that, you know? You know what I'm trying to I, I as I as I'm going on my journey into 
this space. What do we call this space? What, what self help? I don't know. What, what do you what do you call the space you're in in terms of helping? People call it different things. I like to call it a transformational space. Some okay. people call it, you know, a human potential space. Mm. You know, expanding our human potential and what it means to really be alive. So there's so many words. But I like transformation more than self help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, and that's what that's what I'm going through. So for me, it's funny because I've, I I moved back to the states. I've been back in the states for about uh, about 45 days now. Wow. And it's it, it it takes me some time to get acclimated, but the the issue that I'm having, and you know, I want to be as open and vulnerable on this podcast as possible, is that I just started to understand being at home within myself. Like I'm talking about a week ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in this space with the content that we create, with the lessons that we teach, with the whether it's a song, podcast, book, even a tweet, with all those things, it's like you're letting people into the home you created for yourself. Mm. I'm letting people see this plain, unseasoned piece of (laughs) chicken breast (laughs) that I currently am. And, you know, I'm kind of saying, hey, I'm having an open house to my vulnerabilities, to my doubts, to... All these you said the key word right there, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And what we really want, what, pe- what I think, what I hear with the, literally at this point, I've worked with 70,000 people in 40 countries around the world. And everybody at the end of the day, so even if we try to hide it or pretend like we don't want it or not, everybody wants connection and to be close and to be seen mm-hmm. and valued and loved for who it is that they are, not just for what they do. And we, that sometimes that gets lost, right? And so what you're doing right now, Elton, like letting people see who you are, not who they expect you to be, not who you expected yourself to be, that is the most vulnerable and greatest gift. And that is where the real connection comes from. Yes, yes, yes. And that's what it is because you're talking to people on, on, that, on that plane of like connecting to their souls because yeah. – a lot of times people don't consciously, we we're on, we're a lot of times I know for me, at least I was on autopilot for all of my life. It was a good autopilot. You know, we get into that place of like, Oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do this, but then you don't even know how to be vulnerable. You don't even know how to look at your own emotions. You don't even know how to, to say how you feel. Yeah. People, people running whole businesses and don't even know how to say how they feel. No. And, and, and actually get validated for not saying how they feel because, you know, like in the autopilot, there's a sense of making shit happen. And I'll tell you, and Elton, you know this, when you stop trying to make shit happen and start getting to the flow of what life is trying to happen to you and through you, mm-hmm. it's way better than anything you could try to make happen. Yes. Yep. Right. And autopilot will have you trying to make something happen. Whereas when you get into who you're being, <laughs> And into that flow, oh, there is like nothing greater than that moment. And we've all felt it. Like, I don't want people listening to feel bad. Like, I don't have that. We've had those synchronicities in our lives, those moments where something happens unexpectedly, where you feel you're in flow. And the more you get in alignment, the more frequently and often that happens. And then life just starts to feel magical, you know? Yeah. I, I think, too, what I realized, so even, even as I go on this journey, I think that's why I've been so called to human design. Yeah. Um, because one of our guests that you introduced me to, Jazz, Jazz, Jazz the Moon Mother, 
it changed the, sorry that conversation changed my life because yeah. it it wasn't about me looking outside of myself anymore i was finally able to understand more about what was going on within and so with the with the different types of human designs that there can be i just realized i did your chart really quick i just looked at it really quick but i realized that you are a manifesting generator and mm-hmm. that is like such a number one it's a it's a pretty rare combination of people because yeah. you can make things happen as a manifester so as a manifester you cut through whatever place you're in if you want something you can get it but also as a generator you also have the magnetism so mm-hmm. you're the perfect person to you're the perfect type to do whatever you want like you can manifest and generators can do whatever they want in life like you can have and do whatever you want for somebody like myself who's a generator i have to respond so i have yeah. to i have to look at the things that are happening around me and i have to listen to my gut i have to I have to go to the sacral center i have to listen to to my intuition and just say okay this is what i'm supposed to do so that's how i lived my life for the last two years i was like oh i'm supposed to go to bali don't know why but i'm supposed to go you know i'm supposed to move back to the states Ooh, i'm supposed to get into human design oh i'm supposed to have this conversation with justin you know, yeah. down to everything so it's just interesting um that so many there's not a one-size-fits-all way for people to no. live their lives and and that's where and that's why it's about we're not trying to give people this is the step-by-step of how you're going to do it that we're trying to get people to come home to who they really are and when you come home to who it is that you really are then you fall into your natural way of doing and that's why i think it's so important elton like i watched you in bali the way you roll right yeah, I, yeah. that's not the way i roll right yeah. mm-hmm. but it was both of the way that both of us roll is magical and is exactly what works for us you know i do roll some of the ways you roll but like <laughs> you know what i mean like it, of course all yeah. i'm saying is like we could try i could try to look at you and be like oh elton he just had this hunch to just move like i wish i could just move like no, it's not about the comparison mm-hmm, game. It's about mm-hmm. knowing who you are. And that's why I know, Elton, when you start reading people's human design, which I know you're going to end up doing some at this retreat. <laughs> listen, people are not ready because the human design really gives you a strong sense of who, who you are and a way to understand yourself more fully. Yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm super excited to delve more into it because it's something that that I think because I want to add it to my my not resume, but to my toolkit, your toolkit. It's, so it's Elton, I cannot get off this podcast and it's just wanting to fly to my mouth without talking because we've talked about emotions, we're talking about stuff, but I can't get off of here without talking about conditioning. I can't. Oh yes, let's talk about conditioning because we're gonna we're gonna get to this because you're gonna break down some conditioning to me. What does that yeah. mean? What is conditioning? Okay, so <laughs> here's the big mistake people make, and this is really, really important. Okay. Like, like if y'all have listened to anything that I've said so far, like please listen to this because part of the work that we have to do to change and transform our life, part of it is what I call light work, right? Light work, which is the thinking positive, the listening to the podcast, the staying motivated, all that kind of stuff. And that's super important, right? But that's only half the half the equation. The other half of the work is what's called shadow work. Mm. And I know people have been hearing about shadow work online, and I'll talk about it in a minute. But if you're doing the light work without the shadow work, if you're meditating and doing all this stuff without looking at the shadow, it's literally like watering a garden full of weeds and expecting roses to bloom. Mm. Or like driving with your foot fully on the gas 
and fully on a break with the emergency break on at the same time and then wondering like, why am I working so hard and trying so hard and I'm doing all these things, but like nothing's happening, you know, nothing's working. And so the reason why I talk about conditioning is if we don't know the conditioning, we cannot actually ever, I really believe this, ever step into the fullest version of who we really are. And I mean that fully, you can't do it. And so let me explain what I mean by conditioning, okay? When I say shadow, what most people think I'm talking about is trauma and hard stuff, big, bad things that happen in your life. And while trauma and stuff can be in the shadow, it's not the same thing. And the reason I say that is people do come to me and they say, Elton, we had this conversation, say, I didn't have any big, huge trauma. Yeah. Like, I didn't have, people come to me and say that all the time when I travel. I didn't have a big trauma. My parents are cool. They argued some, but nothing earth shattering. I've been supported. I'm loved. I've always had money. I've had a food. I've had a roof over my head. Like I've been good. And if trauma and shadow were the same thing, then that would mean that the people who had the least trauma would be the most awakened. Yeah. And that's not true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so what is shadow? is shadow is not just trauma, it's anything that happens in our life that creates conditioning. And the conditioning is actually what impacts who we become. So let me give you an example mm-hmm. to make this clear so people understanding what conditioning is. I'll use a totally non-traumatic example. So let's say you grew up in a house with some siblings and you were the oldest sibling. And you're the oldest child and you're the golden child and you're the one who gets all the attention and you're the one who is the one who's succeeding in all the accomplishments and this, that, and the other. And you notice that when you're succeeding and accomplishing your youngest siblings, younger siblings get a little bit jealous, right? And they be trying to like tease you or knock you down. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but it's like, uh, so what happens is you learn conditioning that you're going to have to dim your light a little bit to not make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It says, if I shine too bright, it's going to make people uncomfortable. Right. So this now is a piece of your conditioning. Your conditioning says that. So then as an adult, you could be accomplishing things in your life, but you never can even celebrate yourself or feel the accomplishments that you've had because your conditioning says that you're not allowed. All right, let me give you one more example to really give this to people because the examples help people understand because conditioning can be in any way in our life. I like that. I'll give you one about relationships. Okay. Here's another non-traumatic example. You grew up in a family, mom and dad were together, very loving, very kind, but they were kind of like roommates. They never really, you never saw them like be really intimate with each other. They were always nice. But your dad usually slept on the couch or mom went to bed earlier than him and you never really saw any deep intimacy and connection. Okay, nothing earth shattering. Yeah. So then you grow up and you get in a relationship and in the beginning of the relationship, everything is beautiful and loving and whatever. And then at some moment, and it happens to everybody, at some moment in the relationship, whether it's two years, three years, five years, 10 years, there starts to be a little distance in the relationship. And your true self, What you really want is you feel sad and you feel like, no, I don't want to separate. I want us to be closer. I want us to go deeper. But your conditioning says, oh, well, that's just normal. It's just the way things are. That's just the way things are. So instead of going to therapy with a partner, instead of diving deeper, or maybe instead of, if it keeps going on, leaving the relationship, your conditioning 
and you're staying in something that you don't want to be in. And this is, this is the ultimate thing of why I say why conditioning is harmful, okay? All conditioning isn't bad. Some conditioning is good. But it's when your conditioning is doing the choice making for you in your life mm-hmm. that it causes harm. When what you want and what you're choosing to do are out of alignment, that's where tension is created. All tension is created when what you want and what you do are out of alignment. That's what creates tension. And so when our conditioning is choosing our relationship, choosing our job because of safety, choosing who our friends are, choosing where we live, but what we want is something else, we feel this tension in our lives. And it's by finding out what the conditioning is that we're able to unlock and not end up in the same problems and same shit over and over and over and over again. Ooh. Did that make sense? That made all the sense. I love the examples. I, it, I'm quiet because I'm like, damn, I'm like, shit. I'm thinking about all my conditioning. Cause it sounds to me like conditioning is very, it's like the cousin of programming. It is. It is. It's exactly that. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like we've been programmed and it's, it's, it's time to break those programs. So how do people start that process? What do you recommend? would be the first step in breaking a program or, or reconditioning or some air conditioning or whatever you want. Air conditioning. (laughs) I need some air conditioning out here right now because it's getting hot. So the, the, I'll give people two things, you know, and we'll dive deep into this at the retreat and and people can look up more of my work because this is like, we could go into this for a whole nother hour. So I'll be, I'll give you two pieces. One is anytime you realize in your life that you end up, having a cycle that keeps repeating itself in some way, you know that your conditioning has taken hold of you. So I'll give you an example. Okay. How many of us have been in, I I like to give these examples to make it real practical because we go to the philosophical shit. We got to break it down into our (laughs) lives. Right. So like how many of us have been in a relationship, whether that relationship was romantic or not, got out of that relationship because we realized it wasn't good for us anymore got in a whole new relationship with a whole new person. Same person. And soon realized that you're in the same relationship, same problems, same conversations, same stuff, right? And then again and again and again, right? And then what we do is we say, oh, why does the universe always bring me these kind of people? Oh, well, is my astrology says this about me and my human design says this about me and what's happening in the stars and this and that. And then we make all these excuses about why the universe isn't bringing us what we want. Yeah. No, it's because our conditioning, our programming, as you called it, is what's choosing the relationships for us. And we're not actually the ones choosing. Right. Yeah. So anytime you find yourself in that cycle, why am I doing this work on myself? Why am I reading and podcasting this, but I still keep ending up in the same situation? That's a cue that conditioning is choosing for you. It ain't the universe trying to play a trick on you. It's the universe trying to teach you a lesson until you can listen and find it. And you don't want, and I'm going to tell you this, you want to learn the lesson in the patterns in the beginning when it's like a little tap on the shoulder, because if the universe, if you really want to change, and you let the universe step in, the universe will body slam you. They won't, they, it'll, the Listen. universe will stop being gentle. So Listen. if you're listening to this and you're seeing some patterns, it's best you try to recondition, try to get some air conditioning now 
And that's a big part of what we're going to be doing at the Just Be Retreat. Like it's, yeah. it's even even with myself. I'm over these next six months, seven months before we get there. I want to have different conversations with myself. Yeah, like I want to leave this podcast and have conversations with myself that will put me into a place where not only am am I intentionally helping other people or guiding other people to the different modalities that, I, that I've used. But I also want to be like the proof is in the pudding. It's like, look, yeah. I went from here to here. Yeah. And if I can do it, so can you. Hands down. We all can, yeah. you know, and that, and that really brings me to the last thing. Cause I promised people, I give them two points about conditioning and one's an easy, the second one is even easier to spot. This is like conditioning, waving a flag and saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> and it's anytime you've created an either or in your brain, for example, I can either have kids or I can have a successful career. I can either be in a really good relationship or I can have a really good job. I can either, whatever it is, anytime you've created an either or of anything in your life, instead of a both and, conditioning is choosing because you're working from a scarcity mentality. And it's not true. Wow. You ate that. Yeah. You ate it. So those are, those, are two, those are two that people can start with. And then you just ask yourself, you start to ask yourself, what do I really want? Yes. Because you can have it all. That's the thing. There's when, when you're on the journey to becoming who you fully are, you can have it all. And so that's why with me, I'm taking everything away. That's why I'm getting back to emptying out my cup. I just did a, a skateboard sermon the other day and talked about. I loved your cup. skateboard sermon. It was so good. <laughs> but yeah, just talking about that, just emptying out my cup to be able to allow more things in. So um, that's what that's what we're going to be on in in Bali next month. I mean, next month, next year in March during the retreat. But that's also what we're going to be on as we find the home within ourselves. And we want to inspire everybody who's listening to do the same for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Elton. Just a dream. I've been I be you know, I be you know, why I'm excited to because I'd be actually listening to your podcast. <laughs> and so like that episode you did with jazz and, you know, jazz is probably going to be at the retreat with us. We haven't fully confirmed it yet, but I, we t- talked to her. She gonna be there. The episode you did with jazz, the moon, the moon mother, man, people need to listen to that. Yes. Cause your podcast is so good. No. And, and even with me having me on kingdom, like kingdom is amazing. Like what you're doing with the kingdom. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. I love that we did our episode in a pool so yeah. I, you know, I want to create, I wish we could have been in the same room, but this is still the same energy and vibes, I think yeah. on a million, just talking to you, period. So um, with that, you know, we're not going to keep you too long because I know you got to get back to nature in the forest and I know you got to <laughs> go get, pick up some pine cones or something, but Shut up. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> but before I go, I want to just ask one of the uh, little questions that I like to ask and get a, a better sense of people. Justin, um, if you were to have a dinner, you could have anybody on earth that has existed or is existing now, so dead or alive, who would those three people be? Oh, this is easy. <clears throat> First, I would have my baka, my grandma. I knew that was coming. Dinner. I love yeah. that. I love Second, that. Second, I would have Oprah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> because she's her. my like guiding light. 
And the third person, honestly, is my grandpa on my mom's side. Like I'm, he passed away when I was really young and he was super strong force for me. So I like, for me, if I could have dinner with them and Oprah all together, we'd be game on. That'd be good. You'd be eating and talking and kikiing. Yeah. I love that, Justin. Well, Justin, thank you so much. And before we go, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm the easiest person to find. If you literally just search Justin Michael Williams anywhere, you'll find me on Spotify, Apple Music. If you want to listen to some of the some of the tunes that came out, I just put out a song called Believe uh, that honors like all the lives that have been lost, you know, for people who who passed on that we wish were here, here with us to help us know that they're like always guiding us, you know, in the dark and even though we can't see them. And um, if you listen to podcasts like you're listening to this one, um, you can go to the Kingdom podcast by Justin Michael Williams. And that's my podcast that people can listen to. And there's my book and lots of other stuff. So if you just go to Justin Michael Williams Google search or .com, you'll find everything that you need. And you got to go to justbebali.com so you can come hang out with me and Elton in Bali in March. I love that. I cannot wait. I better see you before then. I better see you in person before. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. I'm just putting that out in the universe right now. Well, Justin, thank you so much, brother. We will talk very soon. And everybody, love you you so much. And everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Plan B podcast. And uh, hopefully you can get a spot at this retreat because it's going to be conversations like this on a million. All right, guys. Well, I'll catch you guys in the next episode. And once again, thank you so much for listening. Peace.